Good morning. This is Valerie Leonard. I am the founder of Nonprofit Utopia. I want to say thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. And if you could, if you're just stopping through or if you want to set a spell, please leave your name, um, your organization, let us know where you're from and all of that good stuff. We're going to be talking about volunteers. You know, all too often when we think of volunteers for our nonprofit organizations, we're usually thinking about having people lick stamps for galas, make telephone calls to do fundraising or a special event, or even doing, you know, a community project. And after the event is over, we tend to disband and we don't really take the time to build up our infrastructure around our volunteerism. So volunteerism is really a whole lot like um, managing any other process, any other department. And we need to build the infrastructure such that we're successful in you know, not having to reinvent the wheel every time we do it. So today we're gonna talk about how you plan for volunteers and also talk about policies and procedures. We are focusing for the whole month on volunteer management. So if you can bear with me, I am going to share my screen and then we'll have right at it, okay? All right, so our theme for today and actually for the month is making the most of your volunteer management program. And our first session is going to be talking about planning and policy development. Again, my name is Valerie Leonard. I am the founder of Nonprofit Utopia. A little bit about Nonprofit Utopia, we're the ideal community for emerging nonprofit leaders we have created a safe space where our leaders can innovate and share lessons learned and also develop um, professionally, right? So we have a number of tools that you can use. We also do meetups and other special events. We have online courses on demand and also office hours. And our mission is to develop the next generation of ethical nonprofit leaders and we do this through ongoing professional development and networking opportunities and the overarching goal is to give our members the tools that they need to not only develop themselves professionally but as they're developing professionally to develop their organizations so it's um, a tandem process and our vision is to strengthen the global nonprofit sector by providing training and development opportunities for up to 50,000 people between now and 2033. And that is leaders all around the world. If you want to know more about us, go to nonprofitutopia.com and you can join our community at nonprofitutopia.mn.co. And our services are not limited just to this online community. We also provide online courses. We provide coaching and consulting and an online store. And a little bit about myself. I have over 30 years of experience in nonprofit management, working with large institutions, as well as managing my own company. And I have also run a nonprofit myself. 
So I help clients to move the needle on some of their most pressing problems. And I do this through consulting, coaching, and an online community, and now an online store. And I help our clients to find out questions, answers to questions like, how do I start a new nonprofit organization and stay out of trouble? Where can I find good board members who will buy into our mission and still be engaged enough to help raise money? And how can we put together a collaborative of other organizations so that we can do more for the community ourselves while strengthening our individual organizations and strengthening the, uh, the overall collaborative? So over the years, I've helped over 900 people meet their professional goals and train and, and sorry, and help raise over $100 million in grant writing and through technical assistance. So let's get right into what we're talking about. Um, as with any other process, planning is critical when it comes to volunteers. As I mentioned before, all too often we just call people, you know, on an ad hoc basis for one project or another. But the key is to actually develop the infrastructure so you're not reinventing the wheel every time you need volunteers. So internally, you're going to recruit an organizational group. And so these will be stakeholders. You know, this could be a group of folks who are clients. These could be people who are actually developing the services. It could be your board members. It could be people that you're partnering with. Uh, it could be other volunteers. Ideally, you really want to have other volunteers because you need ambassadors for the organization to go forth and talk to others. So you're going to recruit this team of people who will actually develop a volunteer management plan. And your plan needs to address, first of all, assessing, you know, how well your organization can manage volunteers. So you're going to look at things like, you know, are there management systems in place? Do you have um, policies and procedures in place for training? Do you have an orientation manual? Do you have a handbook? How well have you prepared people on your staff to actually work with the volunteers so they're not you know just sitting around twiddling their thumbs and then how do you make sure that there's buy-in from your employees and make sure that the employees have enough time to do their own work while they're managing volunteers so there's a whole lot of thought that goes into this and unfortunately a lot of our emerging groups don't really take the time or even seem like they have the time in order to do this and again, this is going to take a lot of work up front, but over the long term, you're really saving time, you're saving money, and you're increasing value to your organization. And we're going to show you how to do that over the course of this month. So when you look at your assessment, and then for those of you who are in the nonprofit utopia community, we actually have tools that you can use to actually assess your readiness. But some of the things you want to consider are questions like, does your organization have the commitment and vision to support creative engagement of volunteers throughout the organization? So it's not just, you know, engaging with the board or the auxiliary of the board to lick stamps, right, and, and get out mail. It's really a matter of looking at your volunteers as what they are. They're human resources. 
how can you leverage these additional human resources and create a win-win situation where you're increasing the capacity of your organization but you're also providing opportunities for professional development and leadership training for the people that help you and then most importantly how are your clients going to be impacted as a result of this increased capacity that your volunteers give you do you have the strategies the systems policies and resources in place in order to get your volunteers up for success and if you don't have those in place now is a good time to start thinking about it and if you're a member of the nonprofit utopia community we have a whole toolbox of things that you can use in order to develop you know your infrastructure and when i talk about infrastructure i'm talking about things like uh, making sure you have the uh, descriptions, job descriptions for your volunteers, making sure that you have a plan in place for your volunteers, looking at ways you can incorporate those strategies with your strategic plan. So we have all of that available for our members in the nonprofit utopia community. Um, another question you want to ask is, are staff trained and supported in their efforts? right you know what type of training opportunities are you giving your staff to make sure that they can integrate volunteers into what you're trying to do and also are you using your volunteers as a source of potential advisory council members or a potential source of board members so you want to create hierarchies and a path moving forward for your volunteers as well and Betty Stallings, she's developed an excellent tool to help you gauge the readiness of your organization to engage volunteers in the delivery of your mission. And again, if you are a member of the nonprofit Utopia community, we will have that in our community for you and you can download it and keep it on file and you know actually start working today on it. All right, so as with any plan, you need to you know, set goals and objectives and make sure that those goals and objectives are in alignment with your organization's mission, vision, core values, strategies, goals, and objectives. And with all of our goals, we're suggesting that they're SMART goals, SMART objectives, meaning that they're specific. You're, you're indicating exactly what you want to achieve, right? Uh, they should be measurable, you know, so how much of this thing do you want to achieve? You know, are you trying to uh, perfect or effect um, some sort of change? And if so, can you measure it? Is it realistic? So look at your goal within the capacity of what your organization can realistically accomplish. And that's going to look different for different organizations based on your size and capacity. Are your goals attainable? Are they realistic? Are they timely? And then after that, you wanna develop strategies. And in an ideal sense, you're developing this plan for volunteers at the same time that you're doing your strategic plan and developing plans for your programs, right? If in the event that 
you've already gone through that planning process for your strategies and for your programs, then when you develop your strategies for your volunteers, make sure that they're in alignment with what you're trying to achieve, you know, strategically and programmatically. And then you might think about strategies uh, around recruitment, training, how are you going to engage your volunteers? How are you going to engage your board and staff to make sure that the volunteers are supported, right? Um, look at strategies around professional development, not only for your employees, but also for your, your volunteers. And then you've got to think of all the activities in which they'll be engaged. So this is you know, ideally, you know, if you have several departments, several programs in your agency, you want to work with all of your department heads, all of your program managers to get them to thinking about what activities are they going to need to engage in for marketing, outreach and recruitment, um, any projects and tasks in which the volunteers are going to be engaged to, to help meet the goals and objectives for your programs and your strategy and even for fundraising goals. So for every process that you have volunteers, you wanna think about goals and objectives, and you wanna think about how those volunteers can be used so that they're not wasting their time and that they're also developing their skills, but used to help you also accomplish your goals and to expand the, the capacity for your organization. And after that, you want to think about the resources that you're going to need, right? What, you know, when we talk about resources that you'll need, you'll think about the human resources, you'll think about the supplies, equipment, you'll think about the space. And then once you think about the resources, then you think about how much those resources are going to cost. So you're going to use that information to not only develop an implementation plan, but you're also going to use the information to develop a budget for your volunteer management program. And you want to make sure, too, that you account for the value of your volunteers. If your volunteers are pro bono or professional in nature, then you want to take into account their hourly rate. If they're general volunteers, then you want to get the standard rate for you know, for um, volunteers and, you know, value your volunteers accordingly. All right. So independent sector, every year they do evaluation for, you know, an hourly rate for, you know, volunteers who are not professionals, such as lawyers and accountants and consultants. And you can use that to make sure that you're accounting for uh, those volunteers, and you can actually um, use those hours as in-kind donations. So it's going to impact the revenue on your income statement, and it's also going to impact the assets on your balance sheet. So you, you know, so when you do that, you are actually increasing the capacity of your organization. You know, one your um, increasing the capacity by having more hands on deck, but you're also increasing value, right? And that you can share on your financial statement and the more value you have, guess what? The more value you can attract from other places. And volunteers are a great way to do it. 
And a great model for that is the United Way. Most of their value is from their huge network of volunteers. All right, so when you think about the volunteer manager, you wanna think about the roles and responsibilities. So in a very general sense, every volunteer manager should be involved in recruitment, supervising, training, and celebrating volunteers. Ideally, you wanna bring on somebody who has experience in that field. You want somebody with excellent communication skills and someone who's very, very organized and organized naturally, but also, you know, very much with the understanding of project management because a strong volunteer management program is going to have a very strong project management component because what you're managing resources, human resources, and in some cases, um, financial resources, right? So you want someone who really understands those various facets of the game to help you lead your volunteer management. Now, in many instances, volunteer management is performed as the role of, you know, say a volunteer person on the board. Um, volunteer management is also performed as part of the human resource function or, you know, part of the program manager's function. And in many cases, their only responsibility is not volunteer management. So as a result, volunteer management takes a back seat. So if you're able in your organization, make sure that you have someone whose sole responsibility is to manage and train volunteers. All right. So ideally that role should stand alone. So that's all they're doing. All right. So some of the common problems with the staffing the volunteer management role is, you know, like I said before, in many instances, the person who's responsible for recruiting and managing volunteers, that's not the only thing that they're doing. And, you know, recruiting and managing is taking a second seat, all right? So you wanna make sure that, you know, you have a point person who's doing this. And in smaller organizations, you might have a volunteer manager but you know that person may not necessarily be trained or in some cases, in many cases, volunteer manager doesn't exist as a role. You know, you have it as a function, but you don't have clear uh, responsibilities outlined in terms of a position description, right? So again, you know, if you don't have a singular focus of just focusing on managing volunteers, then managing volunteers could get lost in the shuffle. All right, so in larger organizations, um, the volunteer manager might be overwhelmed, you know, because they're trying to coordinate all the different requests from different people in the organization. So what you wanna do is not only do you want to make sure that you have someone in the organization who is responsible for coordinating those requests, but you wanna empower people who are actually doing the work on the ground, on the front lines. You know, so your program manager, you know, whatever departments you have, you wanna be able to empower those people to 
integrate volunteerism within the scope of the work that they do. So all they're doing is, you know, kind of reporting out to the volunteer manager and the volunteer manager is not necessarily doing all of the heavy lifting as it relates to volunteer management. So if you don't have that kind of system in place where um, people other than the volunteer manager are also helping to manage volunteers, your volunteer management system is going to suffer. All right. Because in many instances, you know, just like with human resources, human resources understands, um, they, they understand every, everyone's role, right? But they don't always have the responsibility or the authority of carrying out, you know, say program activities, carrying out fundraising activities. And the same way with the volunteer manager. So the volunteer manager is going to have to develop relationships with people on the line, frontline managers who are very close to clients, understand what it is that they need, making sure that they can help the um, volunteer, I mean, I'm sorry, the program managers or the fundraising managers or even board members, help them understand what their needs are and how they can better do their jobs. But that one person is not going to have the ability to do every task that's necessary. All right, so you really want to create a volunteer management position, right? That's separate from any other position. And you want to start off with the detailed job description. So just like you're doing a job description for everyone else, you want to focus on what that manager is doing. And even if this is a board role, you still want to have a job description. So you want to include things like the organization's mission, vision, and core values, because you want to make sure that this person is doing their job in alignment with the culture of the organization. You want to describe specific duties. You want to uh, indicate what stakeholders they're going to be working with and coordinating with and how they interact with them. So that is very, very clear what their role is. You want to talk about the skills and the capabilities and the time commitment in order to do this job effectively. And then you also want to make sure that you give your volunteer manager or coordinator the support that they need, not only internally, right? Um, and when I say internally, you want to make sure that they feel supported by you you know, who might be managing them, you know, by other stakeholders in the, in the community, stakeholders in your organization, so that they can do their jobs properly. And then you also want to make sure that regardless of what the job title is, the job title could be receptionist, it could be program manager, it could be janitor, but you need to let them know, just like you're educating them on fundraising, they need to be educated on the value that the volunteers bring to the organization. And you need to treat those volunteers just as well as you're treating any donor, right? Because they're what? Donating their time, they're donating their expertise, and you, the organization, are able to leverage 
their in-kind donation of time and expertise so that you can attract more volunteers, more money, and strengthen your organization. So yeah, you better treat them with respect. All right. So here are some of the um, recommended places that you can get volunteer training resources. You might want to contact your local United Way. And then um, you can also go to the Volunteer Matches Learning Center. You, you know, they have an online learning center. Just Google Volunteer Match. Um, Nonprofit Ready has a volunteer management center. And then 501 Commons, which is where I'm getting most of this material, they host a variety of workshops. You, know, you can go into their site and download um, materials so that you can be a better volunteer manager. And if you're not a volunteer manager, you know, you, you'll be in a better position to manage volunteers or bring one on and into your organization. And you might consider joining a professional association of volunteer managers. So if you go to search in, you know, I'm sorry, if you go to Energize Inc., they have a director of volunteer management professional associations. So you can join these professional associations and share lessons learned, share some of the issues that you're having and learn how other organizations are managing their volunteers. All right. And then it also provides an additional layer of support for the volunteer managers because often the volunteer Often the volunteer managers are the only ones in the organization who are doing their work. All right. So now we're going to talk about policies and procedures. And you want to think about why you have policies and procedures in the first place. Any organization needs to make sure that, you know, they're building a framework so that the organization can continue its function regardless of who is in that position. So as people come and go, you still want to make sure that you have policies and procedures so people can pick up where the person left left off, right? And then it's also important to make sure that you orient people into the organization's culture and help people to understand you know, the procedures and your expectations. So you want to create a handbook and that should be as detailed as possible. And this is your chance to include everything that you need your volunteers to know, right? So not only are you educating your volunteers, but you are also protecting your organization, right? So it's really important. And when I say protecting your organization, you're reducing liability to your organization because the better trained and informed people are, the uh, less likely you are to end up in court, right? You can't prevent people from suing you, but you know, the less likely you are to end up in court. And if you are in court, the less likely you are to um, not be covered, right? So you want to start off with your basics 
And when we're talking about the basics and we're talking about the handbook, right? So the basic things you need in your volunteer handbook would be your organization's story. So you want to give a history of how your organization came about. You want to give um, your mission, your vision, talk about your core values. You want to talk about the volunteer management staffing contact and um, that contacts information. So obviously you're going to be updating this um, from time to time. You want to acknowledge the value and contribution of volunteers, and then you want to have position descriptions. All right. So when we think about the things that we include in these handbooks in order to minimize risk, you want to make sure you include a statement that outline your organization's non-discriminatory policy and non-harassment policy, right? You also want to notify your volunteers of potential background checks and make sure that you conduct background checks in all situations involving minors or members of other vulnerable groups. You know, this could be people with disabilities, people who are seniors, and it really does kind of make sense to do a background check anyway, right? So you got to think about how much that's going to cost and put that in your budget. You want to outline your organization's confidentiality agreement and policies related to conflicts of interest. So you notice that you're treating your volunteers in very similar ways that you're um, treating your board members as well as uh, other employees or paid employees, right? Remember that your volunteers are human resources and you need to protect your human resources as well as protect the organization. You want to state your organization's policy regarding work with minors, appropriate relations with clients, and amongst other volunteers, staff, and staff members. All right, again, this minimizes your risk, and you want to ask permission to use volunteer information if necessary. So you might also want to make sure that you have releases, you know, for pictures, you know, to take pictures of people while they're in volunteer situations and, you know, use those on social media, etc. You want to also set expectations. So you're going to have in this handbook the expectations regarding attendance, dress code, and the con conduct while they're volunteering. You want to articulate your disciplinary procedures and termination policies. So yes, just like you're recruiting volunteers, you can also terminate volunteers and make sure that language is in the handbook, right? So there are no surprises. And think of the any conflicts that you think could potentially arise as a result of working with volunteers. You want to put policies in place so that you know how to handle those before they happen, right? So you also want to include in your disciplinary procedures and terminology Ah, termination policies, behaviors that could require disciplinary action, and then don't be afraid to list the obvious things like 
drug use, alcohol, and firearms, etc. So if your organization takes court-mandated volunteers, list the policy, and then also include emergency volunteers. And it's really important that you document procedures. So the first part of the handbook deals with policies, and you also need to include procedures for those activities that are happening on a routine basis, right? So there might be a section that is specific to um, different departments, different functions, but you want to outline the processes for the project or activities in which the volunteers are engaged. And if applicable, you want to walk through a general timeline. You don't have to put specific dates, but you do want to give some general outline as to how long these tasks are expected to take. You want to have volunteer policies and procedures reviewed by your insurance company. You know, again, the, the whole purpose of these handbooks are to make sure that people understand the expectations, but also to reduce liability, right? And you want to make sure that there's nothing that you're doing in terms of your policies and procedures that will increase your risk and then also increase your insurance premiums, right? And you also want to make sure that there's nothing in those policies and procedures that could be construed as discriminatory or bring out, you know, some other lawsuit based on liability. Okay, so you want to make sure that not only your insurance company and your attorney are reviewing it, but you want to make sure that your board is constantly reviewing your handbook. And you want to make sure that, you know, the board actually votes to approve the policies and procedures. And the reason why this is important is because you as a board member, if you're a board member, you are liable for everything that goes on in an organization, not the employees, but you, the board. So it's very important that you understand as a board member what's going on, right? And you approve or disapprove policies on, uh, you know, as they relate to volunteers for this reason. All right. And you also want to make sure that as part of your orientation process, you're reviewing those policies and procedures with staff. You're reviewing them with volunteers. And, you know, also you want to make sure that they're signing off to um, let one another know that they have read it and they agreed to it. So by having two signatures, you know, that's um, coming to a mutual agreement between the volunteer and the organization that, you know, you understand the policies and procedures as they relate to volunteers. All right. So if you have any comments or questions or just want to say hi, um, please let us know in the comment section. Just want to take a little time to let you know about upcoming Nonprofit Utopia programs. All right. So starting August 15th of this year, 2021, we're going to have a master class. We're going to show you how to start a nonprofit organization in 90 days, right? 
so you'll have access to video instruction and this is going to be an online course on demand which means that you take it at your own pace you'll have checklists to help you stay on track you'll have all the documents that you're going to need to file as well as instructions and these will be documents at the state level as well as the federal level you'll have worksheets to flesh out your ideas you know ideas about what this organization should look like you know ideas about your programs and services you'll be able to chat with me um, have you know your questions answered right so all of this for $175 if you're not a member if you're a nonprofit utopia member then you can get all of this for $125 and next we're having the capacity building blocks intensive right so the capacity building blocks intensive that will start um, actually yeah it's going to be starting in September we had our first one February 3rd the next one is actually September 10th so mark your calendars for September 10th and we're going to go from September 10th to February 25th of 2022. So I'm sorry, this is an older program slide. And then we also have the Nonprofit Founders Challenge, and that's a 90-day challenge. You could do this in addition to that downloadable course, right? So within 90 days, I'll hold your hand through the process. You will have all the filings complete from the state as well as the federal government. So within three months, the only thing you're doing is waiting to hear from the IRS as to whether or not you have been approved. All right, so if you have any questions about this live stream, you can email me at ValerieFLeonard at nonprofitutopia.com. If you have questions right now, you can post them in the chat and I'll respond. And if you're a member of the Nonprofit Utopia community, you can post your questions in the online community and we can continue our discussion online in our private community. If you're interested in joining Nonprofit Utopia, you can join us at nonprofitutopia.mn.co. You can follow us on Twitter and find us on Facebook. And I encourage you also very strongly to go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube page. Alrighty, so this completes our overview and I just want to say thank you so much. All right, Ramona. Ramona, if you're there, thank you. Thank you so much for chiming in. Thank you for stopping through. Um, Val, as always, this presentation is right in alignment with our organizational restructuring. Ramona is the head of an organization, MCUP, in the state of Mississippi, actually in the Delta, Montgomery County in Mississippi. And she was indicating that this presentation is in alignment with the work that she's trying to do. And Ramona is one of the members of the nonprofit utopia community. So I say thank you so much, Ramona. And then we have Crystal Overton. Crystal, if you're there, thank you so much for stopping through. 
Crystal Overton is a member of the nonprofit Utopia Community, just saying hello. She's also on staff with Congressman Danny Davis's office. And before we close out, I just want to open up the floor. If you have any questions, any comments, please feel free to share. All right. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye.